0: doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Uh,
1: We have a couple different topics that we are going to cover today. Today. uh you know the first one is we're going to talk about yield and income we're, we're in a situation again where uh you know where yields on savings and money markets and and just about everything that is more, on the conservative side, I mean, you know, guaranteed income and, uh, and sort of higher quality income are all shrinking. And so we're going to talk about that. And, and so sort of what you might do from a portfolio point of view. And then uh, after that, we're going to, we're going to discuss, um, we're going to discuss a, you know, what to do if you're in a, in the fortunate situation, if you're a young person in the fortunate situation of being able to save a bunch of money, I I don't know if we have an exact title for this segment, but um, I'm not, and also it may be a bit of an obnoxious, uh, obnoxious topic during a, during kind of a crisis.
0: Oh, don't use the word obnoxious. And uh, and I think these people are, uh, yeah, I don't know that we have a name for them either, but um, early savers, uh, financial, financial overachievers. Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's obnoxious, it might be something for people to look forward to if they're currently unemployed, sort of motivational in nature and um, certainly there's still a lot of people that are working and work environments are different and maybe income is down this year for many people, but hopefully that's a temporary phenomenon and things will revert back to uh, where they were prior. And I believe that in many aspects of, of finances, markets and income and otherwise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was being a little bit jokey there, but I know, you know, I know. it was a little strange was, Hey, what, what do you do if you have too much money? Everything's a little crazy right now and we're just gonna, we're going to do our best to talk, to talk money and, uh, and maybe take your mind off the rest of the stuff. So, uh, okay. So let's, you know, let's get to it. So, you know, just to sort of set up the yield discussion, um, you know the the Federal Reserve Bank, the Fed had a meeting. Uh, you know, I think earlier this week. And uh, you know they, you know they give some guidance as to what they are going to do. Uh, you know one of the tools that the Fed has in their possession to try to stimulate the economy and, and sort of bring it back is to keep interest rates low, right? So they, you know they they, they manipulate the uh, you know the federal interbank lending system, uh, and they you know they they charge banks lower rates in order to you know in order to borrow money from them, and that sort of reduces interest rates across the board. And they do that when they're trying to get the economy going, right? You know, in in theory, the lower the interest rates are, companies are more likely to go out and to borrow money to build that factory or to hire new employees. And and so they've, you know, they've it's, it's been in place for a while, but they've given some guidance that they don't anticipate raising interest rates until 2022, right? I mean, this Mm -hmm. is just guidance and and it doesn't mean that they won't change course if things change, but here we are in 2020 and the federal reserve saying, hey, we have no plans to raise interest rates anytime soon, probably through 2020. I, you know in addition that you know they they can also uh you know they also sort of create money out of thin air and and buy US government bonds that puts money into the system and you know tries to stimulate the economy that way which which can have some different effects and can have some potentially inflationary effects so i mean the the, yeah. the, the short story is the fed is working on trying to stimulate the economy and that's just sort of what they do but there are downsides, right? I mean, as as we um, as people probably know and remember, interest rates were low for an awfully long time in this country, and there really wasn't a lot of yield. That that has sort of changed in the past year or so, where you could get some yield on your CDs, or, or you know, or your even your money market started paying a little bit, and. Um, And and so you could you know actually stash some money in a guaranteed place and you'd get paid at least a bit for it, yeah. And now we're really not in that position anymore. And uh, now you know I think it's probably a good time to revisit what you do from a portfolio perspective. I mean I, I don't know if you've been getting calls, but sort of every time this happens, we start to hear from clients, and the clients will say, hey. You know, they, they look at their yield on their bank account statement or their savings account, and they say, "Hey, is there any is there any place I can get some yield? Do you have another option? Because my bank is now at zero for my savings." I don't know if you've heard. Have you heard that yet from clients?
0: I have, and and I, and I just, but I just want to make one point before we move to that. Yeah. And and that's the point. You know, you were talking about you know the Fed meeting earlier this week and their intention to keep interest rates low for a long time, and and at, you know after that decision. I just want to make the point, you know, that you'll hear that the market is not the economy, and the economy is not the market, and sometimes they, they don't necessarily follow the same trajectories, the, the market and the economy. And yeah. so, you know, the the market had a really rough day on, was Thursday, right? Thursday this past week was um, a, a terrible day in the market, down 5.5%, stemming from the Fed decision to keep interest rates low for a long time. So, you know, the Fed, they're going to keep interest rates, they're intending to keep interest rates low because uh, I, I I think they're not intending for the economy to take off, you know, anytime incredibly soon. So they're perhaps a little bit pessimistic. But actually, interest rates being low is generally a pretty good thing for for in- consumers. Um, you know, it, uh, mortgage rates staying low and uh, interest rates on car loans being low and things like that. So I just wanted to kind of make that point that. Um, you know, so that might make some people nervous about the Fed's decision to keep interest rates low, but it's not necessarily a bad thing for a lot of people. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and, yeah.
1: certainly on the consumer side... I, we 100% agree right but in you know we'll talk about the uh, we're going to talk a bunch about the other side of that coin because it doesn't work for everybody and and it's usually people on fixed incomes and people who have money in the banks that are uh, that are relying on that safe savings that are that <laughs> it doesn't work out as well for them right. other side of the coin but yeah
0: Right, but, yeah, I have I have heard from people, uh, you know, not necessarily in the last uh, couple weeks, but in the last few years, like, you know, people yeah. asking, you know, oh, where can I put this cash? Where can I put this money that I'll need for my emergency reserves or for my next car purchase or for my down payment on my house? Where can I put this? I'm not earning anything in my checking or savings account. CD rates lower than they've been for a long time. People are... I I feel like people are always looking for, uh, yeah. easy earnings, right? Everyone wants the upside, but they don't want any of the downside, um, common theme for all people. Right. Um, yeah. so people have been, have been looking for that for a long time. Um, I also think it's important to note that, um, that, interest rates oh I lost my train of thought Justin I had a really Uh, great point to make um but yeah I I I have heard I'll I'll come back to it don't you worry um but yeah I have heard that and it opens up the discussion with people about well what is this money intended for and if you're not you know if you don't have a very long time horizon it has to be in some place safe and secure and I guess we could talk a little bit more about what the definition of safe and secure because that might be different for different people Um, And I think when markets were really good, like for the last 11 years up until February, when markets were really, really good, people, You know, in their search for yield and interest on their money, I think people were more comfortable taking risks because it was easier to make money in the last decade, certainly easier than it's been in the last few months. Um, And so I think it kind of opens up this discussion about, you know, where cash should be held, what's your time horizon, what is this cash meant for, and, you know, uh, making the point, well, people understand now that. maybe they didn't as easily understand in the the last 10 or 11 years but people certainly understand now why you keep cash in the bank as cash in the bank whether or not there is any interest on it
1: right yeah Yeah. we'll we'll, we'll certainly talk about that I I think it's we've I feel like I've said it probably you know a thousand times over the past ten years that um, the reason that you have money in, in the bank, generally speaking, is so that it's always there and you never lose it. And when you have money in the bank, you have you know, your FTC, you know, your FTIC insurance, and you're never going to lose it, assuming you're under those limits and the bank stays in business and, and you know the U.S. government stays in business. At some point, you just sort of have to take what you can get, uh, and just say, hey, that's that's what a guaranteed investment is paying, right? And people people remember, you know, if you go back, you know, 15 or 20 years, people remember being able to get an actual real return in their, uh, you know, in their savings account, right? And you know, you may, you know, I think back in the 2000s, that you might be able to get three or four percent in your savings account. I think people remember that, and I think, you know, I would say I remember it, and I was very, fairly young at the time, and. Not Really paying attention to my savings rates as much as I uh, as much as maybe I do now. Uh, but yeah, on to them they say, hey, this you know what, what's with what this? I need there must be a better deal somewhere out there, you know.
0: Yeah, and but I think there's also um, what people need to know. And actually, I don't have this data right in front of me, but it would be interesting to pull a chart of historical average interest on like savings accounts, for example, and compare that to the average inflation rate for that year. Because people have to remember that when interest rates are really high on these warm, fuzzy, guaranteed uh, places for you to keep money, like savings accounts, like uh, CDs at the bank, like money markets, when yields are really... High, and I guess by high we would, you know, these days high would be two, three, four percent or more. Um, Well, what is inflate? What was inflation in those years, right? Because in 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 a fixed, guaranteed investment like that, where there's no risk, so like savings, checking, money markets, uh, short-term CDs, um, that. There, there's really never been a time where you earned a whole lot on your money when you take away inflation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can quickly pull that up in your software, if you're that slick to do it while we're talking on air, but it would be really cool um, to see, because I'm pretty comfortable that those the, that those lines on that chart would pretty closely follow each other. So interest rates uh, are really low. Inflation is probably going to be really low for a while, especially especially, you know, right now where people really can't go out and spend money. Um, and, that, you know, if, it, it be, you know, obviously because things have been closed and, and and who knows how long that will continue. And and also with a large uh, percentage of the population unemployed, you know, how will, how we'll, you know, I, I don't know how much spending will, ha- consumer spending will have in the coming months and years, and that should keep inflation low. So even though there's no interest right now on guarantee, Investments, which really we don't call them investments, guaranteed places to put your money. Um, yeah. th- there, there's going to be very low, if any, inflation. I'm I, I pretty comfortable saying in the com- in the short period of time. And we've had really low inflation for the last decade. So, even though in the you know rewind a few months, we had. Interest rates a little bit higher on cash, Um, in you know one two percent whatever it was. You know inflation has been like a couple percent, so people weren't really making any money. So, um, so I I just think that's an important point. And and I guess my point in saying that is that people shouldn't worry so much about it, right? Like even when you are getting four percent guaranteed earnings in your savings account. Inflation was probably three and a half percent, right? Or four percent. Yeah. So so yeah. It, it, it just, they'll just kind of always follow each other. So I don't think people should worry so much about, oh, I'm not earning any money on cash right now, because it is what it is. And inflation will be low. And, um, you know, it's historically, you're not really in any different place than you were when you had a little bit of yield on your cash because inflation was higher.
1: That's right. It does feel it does feel different, right? You just don't you don't notice those bills that that you know creep up year by year, a little bits at a time. But you do notice when that when that uh, savings account rate drops from three percent down to you know down to a half a percent. So yeah, it you really are you know. They- from a, from an economic point of view, those two things that you know they really are fairly linked, right? I mean, yeah. inflation and the rate on savings are you know they're, I mean they're not identical, and there will be times when they differ. But you're right; you know people should understand that you know the, the uh, you really don't you really have never made any money. In say a savings account, right? Even even in the old days, I'm sure you know. If, obviously, we don't go back to the, the late '70s with our life experience, but uh, you know, the banks would pay you a bunch, you know, you could get a lot of money and interest in the banks back then, but but it didn't really do you much good when inflation was was 13% per year, right? I mean, you'd be right. And interest
0: on your mortgage was 15% or something in that right. range, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, and my I keep
1: my, t- my CD is at 8% per year, but you know, it's, it's also shrinking my mind- money by, you know, by 3% per year because of the inflation rate. So, yeah, right. it, it really is. It's an understandable type of a, a discussion, obviously. I mean, everyone wants to maximize, you know, their, you know, the, sort of their financial well-being. And so if you can find a rate that's, you know, that's guaranteed and better then you know, by all means, go out there and look for it. And we'll certainly talk about that, you know, in this segment, but yeah. uh, right. It's it not, There's never really a time when you can quote unquote make money in a savings account and it's just, you know, things are, uh, things are different.
0: And I was just thinking as I was talking about, you know, inflation being really low that I went out to get an iced coffee a couple of days ago and yeah. I, you know, for years I've paid like $2 and 42 cents for my iced coffee down the street, you know, and then I, in a couple of days I go out and it was like $2 and 89 cents. I was like, what is this? <laughs> that's, like <a> 20, <laughs> that's like a 20% <laughs> inflation rate. But, um, you know, I have to be understanding of course that, you know, a lot of these businesses were, you know, had probably very little business in the Last couple of months, so I'm yeah. hoping that 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 little spike in inflation there, that, that example of that, is you know, maybe short lived, or uh, yeah. even if we have inflation on coffee, that uh, you know people won't be spending money for a while traveling and maybe not as much eating out and stuff like that. But anyway, I just had to laugh about that. It was still under three dollars, though. I still could give her three, and I was and I was good to go.
1: <laughs> I'm impressed that you remember how much a coffee cost. I, I couldn't tell
0: you. Well, because I'm that I'm that person that like tries to hand her the $2 and then I'm searching in my car for the exact change Uh, because there's so much change in my, you know, in the dash of my car, but, um, but yeah, so I know that you had done a little bit of research, um, internally for, for our clients regarding, um, you know, where Where is their yield right now? Because, you know, for a while, for our clients, for like reserve cash or backup cash, you know, we were uh, for a while using a short-term treasury bill position, which was technically an investment security, but with very, very, very little fluctuation in value historically. And up until recently, the yield was, you know, a percent and a half, two percent per year. And then and then all of a sudden, you know, what was that, four weeks ago, whatever, that the yield, you know, dropped to almost not thing and you know we had to revisit these discussions like okay you know we've been working pretty hard in the last few years to find some interest for for our clients that hold cash for whatever reason and um, you know we had to revisit those discussions like well hey is there anything out there and sort of our was our conclusion that there sort of isn't unless people you know are willing to take some risk and you know for people that are holding cash for a reason for example their emergency cash or I'm going to buy home in 12 18 months or um, you know I'm, I'm taking income from my portfolio and I need to have a, a steady you know cash position to to protect myself against my portfolio you know going down in value like you know that, that's the type of money that it's not a really in my opinion anyway appropriate to take any risk on the downside so you know our conclusion was kind of like you know we can elaborate because I know you did a lot of research but it's kind of like well it is what it is and there's not much out there unless Unless someone has a little bit of a longer time horizon and is comfortable taking a little taking some risk with the principal, it just is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, so you know, just to just to be clear, I mean, this is you know, people have probably heard us talk about our bucket strategy for you know a million times now, but uh, so you know, so when we set aside cash for clients, you know, uh, money markets. At least in brokerage accounts, tend not to pay a ton. And so, you know, when we're sitting with clients and we're saying, hey, you know, we want to have, you know, we want you to have that safe cushion for your withdrawals, right? You know, we, we, you know, we work with the client and say, hey, you know, we want you to have, or we agree and you know, we don't, we don't dictate, right? We'll, but we suggest a couple of years worth of liquid cash to the client knows where they're gonna get money for the next two years and we don't have to liquidate anything in a lousy market. And so, you know, some sometimes when you're talking about two years worth of income, if you're in a large portfolio, you may have $100,000 sitting or, you know, quote unquote, sitting around that's mm-hmm. just waiting to be distributed. And if your money market rate in your in, in your brokerage account is not paying a whole heck of a lot, you know, we we'll, we went out and we shopped around and said, OK, well, what what else can we do? And so we, we landed on uh, an investment that's essentially... Just a step above a money market, right? There is volatility in it, but it, it invests in thirty to ninety-day Treasury bills, which is you know it's about as guaranteed as it gets. There can be fluctuation in the price, but not a whole heck of a lot, just based on the time frame. And since the U.S. Treasury is is basically the guarantor of everything, including your bank accounts, um, you know, sort of via FDIC insurance, it's, it's you know about as guaranteed as it gets for a you know for a an exchange traded fund or for an ETF, and so that is what we were using and it was you know it was great for a while because we could grab an extra percent or so in our yield and we you know didn't really have to worry about any substantial risk and yeah now we're sort of in that what do we do now because money market rates dropped to essentially zero and now you know based on sh- you know very short term high you know high quality government bonds are also essentially zero and so now we're sitting around saying what what exactly do we do and uh, you know it's not an easy answer and and, and we're you know we probably at this point, we have decided not to do anything about it, uh, as far as re, you know, reach for yield, because you know, we've told we've told our clients this is short-term safe money and this is just sort of what you're getting paid on short-term safe money at this point point. And, and we can talk you know probably after the break we'll chat about the potential other options for you know for, for the public out there and potentially for some of our clients on a, on a one-by-one discussion but you know for, for our point of view I think we landed on, hey, this is supposed to be safe, and we're not really ready to go ahead and take too much risk with what we're doing. Um,
0: do, I have, do I have time to make one more point before we have a break? Do we have, like, a minute or two?
1: Yeah, we have a – yeah. can will play us off.
0: I just <laughs> – oh, okay. Wait for the music. Okay. I, yeah, I just – right, I, I j- I've said recently – um, on air several times and I just want to make this point again since we're talking about cash that this is uh, you know this whole pan- the pandemic and, and the the unemployment you know situation for a lot of people um, is an, of, of course an incredibly unfortunate uh, series of events, but I do think it serves as a good reminder for people why you have to have emergency cash. Because for so many years when things were good and employment was low and the market was doing great and everyone was, you know, searching for that yield or searching for those earnings that we were talking about and people were were more comfortable with risk and, you know, maybe didn't have as much cash as as they should have. And, and you know, because things were good for a long time. For yeah, certainly not everyone, but a lot of people, and I just yeah. think this is a good reminder of stuff happens, right? Unpredictable stuff happens, yeah. and this is just a good reminder of why you have an emergency cash position, why it should be three to six months in value, if not more, um, depending on your employment situation, and and you know, so it's it's unfortunate, but this, you know, these things are like a, almost a necessary evil because because people were too comfortable with risk, especially on on this topic with cash I think in recent years.
1: My name is Justin McNamara and I am alongside Alyssa mcnamara Reed today and uh, we're going to talk about yield and investing for a while here and uh, what to do about those low savings rates that you have and then we're going to transition into uh, you know a, a young saver discussion uh, either later this half hour or, uh, or after our next break so let's see you still there Our technology still working
0: i hope so i can hear you
1: okay uh all right terrific so i thought i'd spend some time actually you know what? If, if you uh if you would like to call us we're live in the merrimack valley today uh you can reach out and give us a call 978-454-4980 is the number uh if you have questions about this or anything uh on your mind uh Give us a ring, 978-454-4980. So, you know, I, I spent a little time doing some research on actual rates just to, you know, just sort of to illustrate it. And, you know, some of it will will be, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it. But then later on, I think in this discussion, we'll get to some of your options as far as what you do if you do need. You know, because, I mean, let's face it, there, there are folks out there who rely on their you know who rely on savings and cds and sort of short-term more guaranteed investments in order to live their lives right i mean you know as you mentioned earlier in the show um lower interest rates are, are generally good for the consumer right they're good for business because money is cheaper they're good for folks because things are easier to buy you know you can refinance your mortgage and and maybe take some money out, or or pay less, and things you know generally improve on the uh, on the consumer side. But the other side of it is there are folks out there who are living off of their interest, and it gets more difficult to do that at times like this. So I thought I'd spend just a bit of time, uh, just a bit of time doing. Uh, you, know, w- you know, what what things were and sort of where they are now just to illustrate the issue and, and talk a, a bit about it. So I, I don't think, you know, this is, there'll be a bunch of numbers here, so I won't spend too, too much time. Uh, but I did, uh, you know, I did all this research, so I figured I'd get something out of it. You know? Yeah,
0: go for it. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yep.
1: Uh, you know, so I'm, and I'm just going, um, you know, and, and so, you know, when we look at yields in our business, uh, you know, if, if you if you go online and look up the you know the yield of an, a mutual fund or the yield of an exchange-traded fund or a money market fund, there are two different yields that you're looking at, and I think the illustration of just giving you those two different yields uh, will will illustrate how far we've come in a very very short time. So I, I know I just I this is I'm going to mention a bunch of different companies here investment companies that you know this is not an endorsement of any of them i tried to you know i tried to give a varied uh sampling of different uh different investments and so this is not you know these aren't funds that we necessarily use they're they're certainly not funds that we're endorsing uh but uh they i just wanted to sort of be clear on that so you know the first one i have you know fidelity has a has a prime reserves mutual fund right so you know pro- fairly fairly popular obviously fidelity is a, is a a large player right and so dividend yield on that uh on that money market fund is 1.62 percent. but it's important to note dividend yield that you're going to see um you know that you'll see if, if you look up on yahoo finance or on morningstar is a 12 month average of all of the dividends divided by the share price. And in the case of a money market fund, the share price is always $1 per share. Uh, And so in this case, what they're doing is they're taking the last 12 dividends, and then they are dividing that by that $1 per share. So in this case, it's 1.62%. Do you have something to say? Yeah.
0: No, I just, I heard a really weird, did you hear that really weird noise? Anyway, I... Okay. Um, sorry. They, yeah, and I was just going to make that point because recently we were talking about the Treasury bill security that we use yeah. for our, our backup cash, and and Yahoo Finance is still reporting the yield on that as I think one point five or one point six percent, and it's very confusing because you would look at that and think, oh, that's you know that's the yield it's it is currently, and that's what I can expect in the near future anyway, and um, and to you know to certainly a layman would interpret it like that, and me, and, and um, yeah. You, you have to dig a little bit deeper to find accurate information. Um, are you looking on yeah. Yahoo Finance when you pull up these yields?
1: Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, we, we were using a company called YCharts that we pay for. Uh, I mean, oh, this, right, right, right. Yep. This is all mostly, you know, mostly, uh, you know they're, they're just aggregating data, right? So, you know, I think usually the companies will report this information out and then companies can go out and they can pick it up. Uh, or maybe they do their own math. I'm not not exactly how sure the how sure sure the how the back end works. But yeah. um so you know, so right now that's the dividend yield of that money market fund and you might look at that and say, Hey, great, I'm gonna go, I'll throw my money in there. I could I could go for a one point six two percent yield right now because that sounds better than what I'm getting on my savings account. Uh, but the thirty day SEC yield is 014 percent on that mm. same fund, right? So we're talking about a, a big difference, obviously, 1.62 to 0.14. Um, the 30-day the SEC yield is less than one-tenth.
0: And it's annualized? The, that's an okay. annualized? That's a 30-day annualized, annualized. So, but, so it's an day annualized day. yield based on the the 30-day.
1: Correct. Right? What the 30-day okay. does is it takes, essentially takes the most recent... Dividend multiplies by 12 and then divides by your share price. So, you know, again, you're, you're talking about 12 months of dividends in the official dividend yield calculation, and you're talking about one month of dividends in the SEC yield calculation. And that's just an illustration of how far things have come, right? Because obviously, in the last year, you know, the last couple of months are in the last year, and you know, even though Uh, You know, it's dropped so far to to fairly close to zero. That dividend yield is still reporting out at one point six two percent. So just, you know, I just want to illustrate: a, we've come a long way in a couple of months, right? Uh, Interest rates are are, are, have really dropped by a bunch, and just be careful out there when you're looking at yields, especially on investment products, right? I mean, if you're talking about, Mm. you know, you're going to get an accurate report if you're looking at a savings account or a CD. Uh, you know, an online savings or online money market. But when you're, when you're going to be purchasing something, say at a brokerage, you do want to make sure um, that you're buying something. You know, you understand what you're buying,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, I just sort of like, I was just thinking as you were talking about, like, if you, if you just back up for a second and think about big picture, on like the money that people have in money markets and savings accounts and cash. Okay, so like the people that the people that we work with, people that are investors are comfortable with um, investing money, whether it's high risk, moderate, you know, low risk. You know, the the people that we work with um there when they have cash it's it's emergency cash or it's cash for a short-term expenditure right it's it's not the majority of their portfolio hopefully right and uh, no. I, of course there are people out there where, where their savings is their only asset or, or the majority of their assets and, and but that's just not that's not the nature of, of the people that we work with right so uh, it's just if you back up a second and think about you know someone that has half a million dollars and they have $30,000, 50000 cash in the bank, and you're talking about, you know, yields have dropped, you know, money market yields have dropped from a percent or a percent and a half to a tenth of a percent, yeah. for, for that person where cash in the bank is a relatively small amount of money compared to their net worth... It's you're talking about the different. You're talking about a few hundred bucks difference per year, right? Or maybe a thousand at most. Like I just wanted to make the point that it's this whole discussion regarding people searching for yield, and this is normal for people to be like frustrated that they are not getting any interest on their yeah. savings right now. But like the you know the, we're talking about pretty small numbers, a pretty small percentage of their net worth, and pretty small interest rates anyway. So the difference between a percent or a percent and a half and a tenth of a percent on this cash in the bank is not going to like make or break your retirement. It's not going to change the date upon which you can retire. It's not going to change whether or not your kid can go to college. You know, it's like the difference between a cup of coffee every day and not, you know, I just wanted to make that point that like that broad point that it's it's almost like not worth, it's just, first of all, I don't think there's much you can do about it. And second of all, I feel like it's just, it's not worth people stressing over, which is, I guess, exactly what we would say when, when the market d- is declining, stop looking. It's not worth stressing over because you can't control it, right? You just ride it out and, and yields will be higher at some point in the future.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that, yeah, certainly when you're talking about savings in your rainy day fund, right? Just, you know, just to illustrate if you had, you know, this math is fairly easy and I, and, you know. Pardon me if everyone's just doing it in their head ahead of me, but if you have twenty five thousand dollars in your bank, you know, at at you know, at, at your you know, in your savings account at your bank, and that's your rainy day fund, a one percent yield is two hundred and fifty dollars per year. If you drop to a one tenth of one percent uh, yield, you know, we're down to twenty five bucks a year. So, I mean, yeah, again, yes, it's yes, it's two hundred and twenty five dollars, but it's over the course of a year, and it's really not the end of the world, right? I mean, right. You get into it's a much larger issue when you get into you know people who have maybe their savings account for their business, right? I mean, if you have if you have you know a quarter of a million or a half a million dollars in the bank, I mean, even then you're not talking about a ton of money. But if you have if you have you know a half a million bucks sitting around, it's five grand a year. Sure. And at least then you know well it's, it's now it's maybe it's worth your time to go out and investigate. But if you're if you're sitting on fifteen grand. Uh, I'm not sure you know, how much of your time it's worth to go out and and try to shop around and get that extra quarter of a percent yield because you're really just you know it's it's not uh, we're not talking about a lot of money right but that, and not to minimize the fact you know the you know the other side of this is people who are actually quote unquote invested in savings right and that's the money that they are living off of and. And of course, you know when, when interest rates are low on, uh, you know, on bank accounts and you know short-term bonds, they also tend to be lower on the bonds in your investment account. And so that's, you know, we'll, we'll talk a bit about that in a second here. But you know that's going to be an issue too if you're, you know, if you are counting on a return to deliver you income over the course of the rest of your life. Now that's potentially down as well. And so you know, what do you do about that? And we can get into that as we, as we get through here. So. Um, you know let me just let me do a bit more okay. just to illustrate so uh, you know I, uh, we mentioned the fidelity prime reserves money market fund they also have a government money market and again uh, so the dividend yield which is the 12 months on that one was one point two three percent and now the s e c yield is zero point
0: zero one percent oh wow so, you know, wow that's just
1: government security so you know a government money market is is you know I, in theory, a more guaranteed money market, right? So the government, the U.S. government is assumed to not be able to go out of business, so that's about as guaranteed as it gets. Uh, and so when you're talking about short-term guaranteed investments, you're, you're really sort of in that zero, in that zero range now. So um, I'll, I'll throw a few more numbers out without giving you know, up. Before we get into actual investment stuff, you know, CDs, a year ago, I had the national average CD for a one year. Uh, was 0. 0.65, and now it's down to 0. 0.25.
0: Yeah, we we thought it was low a year ago. <laughs> now it's really so low, we yeah. around for yeah.
1: CDs for clients who, who are, you know, sort of have a, a, uh, a, a defined need for money, right? You know, generally, we don't do a lot of CDs because obviously we're an investment firm, and, and that's not what we do on a regular basis. But when we're working with a client who has a defined need, you know, let's say, you know, nine months or a year in the future, and they don't want to invest the money. We'll, you know, we'll regularly sort of shop for CDs to do that. And yeah, the yields that we are looking at uh, are even lower than that now. I, you know, I looked, I was looking mm. at three six nine month CDs, and they were in the 0.15 0.1, 0.1, 0.1 range.
0: Wow! And even if you go out several years now, they're still like under a percent, right? or maybe a little bit over 1%. But yeah, I know I've had some people ask me, well, okay, well, if I'm going to, you know, I have a CD at the bank, it's going to mature. You know, it's, you know, should I roll it into a new CD? What term am I looking at? You know, of course that depends on your goal for the money. But, you know, my general feeling is when interest rates are so low like this, I don't know that you want to be locking your money up in a long CD at a really at a really low interest rate. You know, yes, maybe, you know, maybe the Fed doesn't raise interest rates for a couple of years, but maybe they do. And I don't know that you... In general, want to be locking your savings up in a CD for like three to five years just to squeak out a little bit more yield these days. You know, on the off chance that interest rates or on the chance that interest rates increase and before that period of time.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I I certainly agree with that. I mean, you know, you just don't really get paid anything extra. I mean, materially, it's it's such a small amount of money um, that. Uh, it's just not probably work, and also, you know, and, and just to be clear, the Fed doesn't, you know, they don't control interest rates. They they, they influence them to a large degree, and, and a lot of times it seems like they're controlling, but they can certainly lose control. And it doesn't, you know, just because they don't raise rates until then, doesn't mean that the market uh, won't won't raise rates for them. It's, um, they're they're not they're not the all powerful interest rate setters, uh, even though they do have a ton.
0: Of- <laughs> seems <laughs> like it most times, yeah.
1: Um, okay, so you know, I think m- maybe a little time um, we'll spend on online savings accounts. You know, you know, one of the things that are you know obviously fairly popular in the, in the past five, ten years are online savings accounts. Um, I, I just grabbed, and again, these are just mostly from commercials, right? So I, I looked through online savings account rates, and I said, uh, you know, which of these companies have I heard of? You know, uh-huh. mostly commercials, so. Now, you can go in. Uh, you can go at cap to Capital One, um, to Capital One Bank, and you can get a one point one five percent rate. Uh, and then Ally Bank was at one point one percent. Now, just you know, just to be clear, these online savings accounts they they do tend to offer higher rates, and and obviously that's a that's a fairly good uh, rate. You know, you're talking about an extra percent maybe over what you can get in say a money market. Uh, and so, you know, when when clients ask about these, I think you know, and, and you know, you may have a different answer. My my general thought is, uh, they're fine, right? I mean, if if they're if you have the time to do it and it's worth your time, uh, I think we're perfectly okay with online savings. You know, one of the things that you do have to worry about is that generally speaking, they can just change interest straight at any time, right? So that that one, whatever rate is, you know they're advertising right now, it may be. So you have to read the fine print. It may be fixed, you know, for a year for you, and, and at that point it's subject to be reset. Uh, you know, I, I read. I think the Capital One, was, you know, rate subject to change at any time at our discretion was was sort of in the advertisement. So yeah, it's the kind of thing that can be changed, and so you just want to read the fine print. And I think, generally speaking, I would just say, you know, online savings is great. You you may end up playing the game where you know if you really want to maximize your yield, you may end up jumping from account to account, uh, you know, every six months or a year or, or a couple of years because this rate is down and this other rate is up. And yeah, yeah. It. It's really just a matter of how much how much money you're talking about and how much time do you want to spend on it, right? Do you you know do you want to if it's, if it's an extra Two hundred dollars a year. You know how much time uh, do you want to spend doing the administrative work of, of opening one account and closing an old account?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a big difference in the in the interest rate actually for the online bank. But you know, if you think about it, the, the online banks they don't have physical branches. They don't have the yeah. real estate expenses. They probably have less staff. Their overhead is probably I'm guessing less. I've, I haven't actually researched this <clears throat> extensively, but you know, if you think about it, their expenses are probably a lot lower, and maybe they just can afford yeah. to do that right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think generally speaking, they they are, you know, they they are always. I mean, it's it's fairly stark now, but I think generally yeah. speaking, they're always going to be higher. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a function of their overhead, which is lower, so they can offer more money. Obviously, there are downsides to it, right? I mean, you you know, you, with, with there's no bank brands, you can't walk in there with a check and all that stuff. So yeah, but again, if it's worth your time, those are the rates, and you can certainly go. Uh, shop around that way again. There and there may be limits on how much you can put in there too. So you, you know that, that maybe you get your one point one five percent on up to twenty five thousand or up to fifty thousand. I'm not sure you can drop you know five hundred grand in there. So you really want to just read that fine print.
0: Oh, they would take your five hundred grand, but they might they might not offer the <laughs> same interest rate. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would take the money. We just don't know how the interest rate would change. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. So I mean, let's let, I think. You know, now we'll sort of segue into a bit of uh, into a bit of the investment side of it, right? So we'll, I'd like to move off of money markets. Again, anyone has a okay. question, um, you can reach out and give us a call. Numbers nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero. We're live in the Merrimack Valley today. Again, that's nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero. So let's get into you know a bit of our um, you know the some of the investments that. Uh, that you may be in your investment portfolio, right? Not your, not your savings, not your money market, your actual investments. And so I have a, just a couple of, you know, a couple of sort of larger examples. Uh, I grabbed the uh, AGG is a, a, an exchange traded fund. That's the ticker AGG, the iShares Aggregate Bond, right? So the the aggregate bond is sort of it's meant to be a proxy for the U.S. bond market, right? It's generally high quality. It's going to have a bunch of different bonds in there, and it's going to be an, sort of an intermediate term investment. You know, every one of the pies that, that you all see out there, those asset allocation pies, will have, uh, you know, a core bond position. If, you know, if something just says bond generically, what they mean is, you know, an, an aggregate bond, so a sort of a higher quality bond market type of a fund that's, that's you know intermediate term, right? So it's not you know not you know not a not a short term fund that's you know with bonds maturing in a year or so, or a long a long term fund that you know where the bonds are maturing in 15 years. It's going to be sort of in that uh, you know in that like five to seven range on average, and uh, that's you know that's what a bond index is. So the AGG, again, that's the ticker. Is uh, the dividend yield on it is 2.46. Right, So that's that 12-month average yield on the iShares version of you know, the U.S. government bond index. I'm sorry, the U.S. bond index, not government bond. bond okay, bond. yeah. Um, and the 30-day the, the SEC yield is a full percent lower now at 1.48%. Okay. Okay. Uh, short term bonds, I you know, I, I pulled up the Vanguard short term bond index. That's uh, ticker is BSB. Uh, that was also at 2.46 percent. Uh, I mean, so that's the 12 month yield is also 2.46 percent, uh, but the 30 day SEC yield, uh, is 0.59 percent, so 0.59 percent. So, yeah, yeah. You're you're getting down there now as far as your bond yields go, and I mean, if you think about an investment portfolio, you may have, you know, for let's say you're a retiree or a pre-retiree, you, you may you may have 40 to 60 percent of your money in relatively high-quality bonds, and you know, two months ago the yield on your fund was. Uh, you know, was two and a half percent. And now, you know, you're down to like the, the one to one and a half percent range. And that's a fairly substantial hit on your, on your income. Right. I mean, if you're, if if 60% of your money was earning two and a half and now it's earning one and a half, you know, that's, that's like a, it's not a quite, not quite a full percent on your, you know, on your ongoing return expectations, but it's close to it. Right. You know, you, you may be, you may have been expecting a, uh, you know, a four or five percent return and, you know, maybe now that's been cut by like a full half a percent per year. So, you know, we're we're not talking about something that's I think it's it's relatively important in this case and it's meaningful and you know, what you do with it we'll talk about it and I'm not sure, you know, there there are not not great options here either, but um, it's certainly important and at least something that you want to discuss and think about. Would you agree?
0: Um, I would agree. I just think it's also important to note for our listeners that th- when you're talking about um, portfolio earnings, right, or, or investment earnings, really investment earnings are a combination of uh, dividends or in, and or interest, right? So if you're talking about a bond fund, your earnings... Through, let's talk about a one-year period of time. Your earnings in a bond fund in a one-year period of time is a combination of that yield that you're talking about, which has decreased, yes, but also share pr- change in share price or market either appreciation or depreciation, right? So that the, the share price change can go either way. The yield is a uh, generally a positive number <laughs> that has come down. Because so I think it's just important to note that, you know, for example, our very conservative portfolios, like the most, generally the most conservative portfolio that we manage for clients has about 80% bond exposure, right? It does have a little 10 to 20% stock exposure, Is that, that pretty conservative portfolio. I just wanted to point out the fact that even though yield has dropped on those, those Bond investments and thus that bond portfolio. I ran a report this past week for a year to date and a 12 month return of that ultra conservative portfolio, that 80% uh, bond, excuse me, portfolio. And the return was awesome, because as interest <laughs> rates have fallen, bonds, their their market value has increased. So that bond portfolio that yes, the yield is like boring right now, the 12 month earnings on the 12 month total return on that portfolio was like 8%. And I think year to date, it was maybe four or five. It could could, could the, I think those numbers are, I should have pulled that up real quick, but um, I, have, I just think I that's important. That Oh, okay, yeah. I just think that that's important to note. Like, well, uh, you know, it, you might have talked on your show before, and we've certainly talked about it before, that interest rates and the performance of bonds, are, are they they move in opposite directions, right? So when interest rates fall, bond portfolios do really well, uh, and vice versa. So so I, I just wanted to put a little bright spot there that, that should you have an ultra-conservative portfolio, the bad news is that your yield or your interest uh, or earnings on those bonds Have dropped and going forward will be lower. But bright side, they have done very well as stocks have done poorly in recent months. Well, actually, the stock market has done really well in the last um, couple months. But but uh, like over twelve months, that portfolio has done awesome, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So and you know, I just have so I pulled up. We were talking about that uh, the (laughs) iShares for U.S. Aggregate Bond. Again, that's just an example. We, I think we do hold positions in that, um, but it's not something that we necessarily recommend. It's just a good example because it's got a, a very memorable ticker, AGG, for the aggregate bond. Um, you know, that's, so that's up, right? So, you know, just to illustrate, over the past one year, the total return on that fund is up 9.29%.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah.
1: Fantastic, right? But, you know, on the other side, you know, it, I also, you know, I can map the yield on it and the yield on it is, you know, goes in exactly the opposite direction. So, you know, the yield on it is down 9.26% over, you know, over the past 12 months. So, I mean, yeah, so the answer is, you know, you do have to factor in total return um, and it's certainly, you know, something you want to keep in mind. But, you know, if you're, if you're looking from right now, I mean, we're, so we're also, you know, I mean, and maybe I'm getting stuck in this, where, you know, I'm always, you know, everyone lives in the present and they don't live in the past. So if we're, if we're taking, you know, the next 12 months, you know, then, you know, then you're sort of, okay, well, what what are we looking at going forward? And right now, yields are low, right? So I should be sort of incorporating maybe that, oh, hey, if you're in a conservative portfolio, probably been there for a while.
0: Uh, and, you know, you, you've got some appreciation which you don't normally get. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway.